0: Shafi. Shafi, are you there?
1: I have a girlfriend. You probably think you're superior to her, don't you? Just because you're real.
2: Night. On the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. Here I sit behind my microphone in my ivy-covered cave. The birds have long vacated Bill the Landlord's bird feeder. It is night and they're tired. But we're not tired here. We're excited. We are fired up because it's time for another episode of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Lots of good things happening tonight. Got, uh... Got a poetry corner for those of you who love poetry. Uh, we gotta, we gotta get at us. We were got at us. We were got. Got that. Gotten at Gotten at, <laughs> gotten at <laughs> By our good friend Holly Parks, and uh, bringing back an old, uh, bringing back an old section, uh, thoughts about art, uh, which is uh, something always cause for celebration. The return of an old, long-forgotten section. All of that will will be happening in the next magical 60 minutes. Alongside, you know him, you love him. He is the pride of Tarzana, California. He has mandibles that resemble the Predators. And he exists inside not one, but two garages. He's Matthew Rampey
0: in a podcast town a dead end world the East End boy and podcast girls podcast girls who do you think the East End boy is in that scenario? I guess that would be me. It's you Shafie over here on the east side <laughs> yeah and then we got podcast girls like Holly Parks and cat and
2: uh, Miss Ellen Ferguson
0: Miss Ferguson <laughs> yes.
2: Miss Ferguson's daughter Lindsay Anderberg, another uh, Lori Clark, Pacific North, Northwest Mystic Gab, Gabby.
0: Now, I some uh, of these girls were mentioning listen to the show.
2: First first ever guest on the show, Lauren Marks.
0: I don't think I don't think Gabby or Lauren listens to the show.
2: Maybe sometimes. Does
0: does Gabby ever hit you up like little show stuff? I
2: don't think no. Gabby does. Actually, I owe Gabby a version of the of a song we were we were working on for her our our friend Katie Ball for her maybe fortieth birthday, um, and I'm way behind on that because I've been working so much uh, down at the old front page you got a, a lot, lot of customers
0: a lot of customers coming into the front page these days we do
2: indeed yep yep yeah. yep that's great i was back in the kitchen again today because uh, calvin the calvin the cook had to go down to contest his property value for his property taxes so i uh i was back in the kitchen at 1101 one minute after we opened got hit with an online order five turkey cob salads one greek salad Three of the turkey cob salads had extra turkey. It was uh, I just had it all Whoa. lined up, just mass producing cob salads. Mm-hmm. It was intense.
0: You guys are running lean down there. It's, we it's, sure are. It's a skeleton crew. Um, you know, someday it's, you might have to hire
2: Shelly Long, yeah, or, Ke- or Kirstie Alley. We have a we have a lot of fun though. Those days when it's just it's Porter up front, me in the back. There's a lot of uh, a lot of old fashioned kidding around and shenanigans, which Porter might call... up for,
0: Porter up front and you in the back. That sounds familiar.
2: <laughs> silly, silly buggers playing playing what they call the grab ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, did you uh, mention the episode
0: number in the opening?
2: I, I think not believe pos- I did.
0: think for posterity we should say that this is episode ninety three of One Magical here Hour. Here
2: you are. Here goes one here goes
0: ninety-three. I think ninety-three is when we really hit our slump. <laughs>
2: That's, we'll I, think it's
0: the, I think it's the I think it will be known as the start of our sophomore slump. <laughs> Remember it is the beginning of the Nadir. What what the good thing about a sophomore slump is that you've got Two more years of college to bring up your average and and really show them what you got. So I figure if we do another 90 or so, somewhere around 180, we're going to really hit our stride.
2: Well, you know, I know with riding motorcycles, they say it's about day 90 when they say it's like 90, day 90, like to like day 180. Those are the most dangerous because that's when you're getting used to it. You're starting to feel like you're a pretty good motorcycle rider. Mm-hmm. You start you mm-hmm. stop uh, worrying so much. You get become a little overconfident. And uh, wait, is
0: that true? Is that true that that it, axiom also uses the the range ninety to one eighty?
2: Yeah. Huh. I think
0: uh, I think it does. Yeah. Shoot. Well, okay. Now now I like I'm gripped by the fear. <laughs> of the next you know of our reckless selves at this level of podcasting like we have like a medium-sized audience and we we sort of have our wits about us we feel and like it feels like the rug can really be pulled out from under you
2: allow me to assure you out there in the listening world we by no means have our, our wits about us
0: okay yeah, that that's, sorry that's just radio that's just never, imaginary radio never. talk any any goon with a laptop and a mic can just say whatever they want on the internet these days. So don't listen to me for sure, unless you're a huge fan of One Magical Hour. And however,
2: then however, then episode, download us some more. However, episode 93 turns out, I'm pretty sure it'll be much better than, say, episode nine of the same podcast. It's funny
0: because at each new stage, I feel like, oh, yeah, we really we kind of got this we're we're we figured it out we've got a formula we get it we get our content again then i like look back like 10 episodes before i'm like buffoons <laughs> fools wish i could go back 10 episodes later i wish i could <laughs> go back like a month and a half and be like get yourself together turns out there's always you know. more to be got it's crazy man uh let me uh start off this episode with an apology um there was an unfortunate incident at the front page where myself and uh, author of our uh, theme song, Brian Benitez, cornered Schaefer and berated him about his use of, of uh, hard-to-understand titles of the show. We were really unfair. And now that I know the truth about the last... Title. I'm so sorry, sir. Obviously, you're a genius at work, and we don't need to be—we and we don't
2: need to be micromanaging your area. Absolutely um, not. I always appreciate feedback of any kind. <laughs> it was funny for you guys to be doing that, and then in me knowing in the back of my head, well, I'm going to get—I'm going to explain it. I promise. Um, but you—you you know, buffoons. Y'all, uh, y'all didn't know. I, I've. Put up plenty of other weird titles and never explain them. So, um, but yes. well,
0: this this was possibly the weirdest and most inscrutable double and title.
2: We are but very. We should, pleased. we should get to the
0: contest. Yeah, who who won the contest?
2: We are very pleased to announce there were two winners. They got at us at almost the exact same time. Adam Wentworth and Miss Ellen Ferguson. Uh, so Miss Ferguson gets a coffee cup, and Adam Wentworth gets a T-shirt because they are the ones who figured out that both of those, both of those titles that were attributed to episode ninety-two, were anagrams of the phrase "one magical hour."
0: Now, after I looked up the meaning of anagram, I went and checked, and they are indeed.
2: That was imp- imp- impressive, Shafee. Aloha Corgi Menu, and Arcane Igloo Hum. And if you know me, for for instance, my premiership fantasy football team was called the Fertile Yams. Uh, Fertile Yams is an anagram of Fly Emirates, which Mm. is the uh, sponsor of of, uh, the Arsenal Football Club. If you know me and you see something that's titled with some weird words that seem like non sequiturs you can almost always be assured that i've been messing around been messing around with the anagrams again i do love them i love the secrets that they unlock so aloha corgi menu to all of you well and cheers
0: to that whole uh the contest and the story leading up to the contest aloha corgi is a uh... an evocative sounding thing. (laughs) I'm so I'm really bad at anagrams, man. I'm good at certain brain games. Like I'm good at trivia. Um, But the guinea game where there's letters like Wheel of Fortune I was Mm. always really terrible at Wheel of Fortune. It could like almost all be there and I couldn't see it. I don't know. (laughs) It's interesting. uh, Good times, yeah. So, anyways, uh, fun times, on with the show. What else are we talking about tonight? Uh,
2: we us, were, us, we're gotten at. <laughs> at, we were got. A special section, get at us. You know that Matthew and I love to be gotten at. And uh, we even create create uh, create contests to encourage you to get at us. <laughs> That's how our, much we like to be gotten at. <laughs> our good friend Holly, though, uh, was a little late to Matthew's birthday party because she had to fish a small creature out of her pool. And it was a creature that I didn't know... Uh, spent much time here in the hill country did you know matthew i did not did you know that shrews are apparently not uncommon around here
0: that is a complete um surprise to me i would have i thought shrews were only in england
2: now i pre- just because of shakespeare yeah <laughs> meant to be tamed yeah Shrews are small, mole-like mammals classified in the order eulipotifia. Eulipotifia. No, eulipotifia. Do I say eulipotifia funny? (laughs) Uh,
0: Can anybody say that unfunny?
2: Now, true shrews are not to be confused with tree shrews, otter shrews, elephant shrews or West Indies shrews. Matthew, don't even go there. I wouldn't mix it up
0: with one of them West Indies shrews. Don't
2: even be confusing them with the otter shrews or the elephant shrews. I know you're not gonna.
0: Now. I like how you said um, true shrews and then tree shrews. True
2: true (laughs) shrews are not to be confused with tree shrews. Is that a true tree shrew? Oh, excuse me, sir? A true tree shrew? (laughs) <laughs> Although its external appearance is generally that of a long nosed mouse, the shrew is not a rodent, as mice are. In fact, it's a much, much closer relative to hedgehogs and moles, and shrews are related to rodents only to the extent that both belong to Boroeutheria magnorder, together with humans, monkeys, lemurs, bush babies, cats, dogs, bears, weasels, hyenas, seals, civets, horses, tapirs, rhinos. Cattle, goats, pigs, camels, whales, dolphins, bats, and others.
0: <laughs> We're all related, man. You're just a few gatticas away from a, a bush baby. That
2: was a big swath of
0: animals there. Yeah, it's a big part of the animal kingdom. We're all related to shrews.
2: <laughs> Matthew, uh, I had no what? idea.
0: I go, Seriously, like that surprise. If you had said to me, true or false. You win a, a million dollars. It doesn't, is a shrew who live in Texas out of been Like, no, there's no shrews around here, man. I'm trying so to, I, they, obviously, I I'm not. They, they,
2: they appear to have a pretty wide, wide habitat. Shrew range.
0: Could everybody just hang on a second while we Google the shrew range? <laughs> I, I, I see a map of a shrew range and. um, I don't see it bleeding. Oh, I do see one where, it kind of bleeds into Texas. There, huh? There you oh, have it.
2: Son of a. Matthew, gun. Matthew, what's a bush baby?
0: Um, isn't that one of those? It's like a squirrel. It's <laughs> it's it's like a doe-eyed squirrel that's like super cute and small. Oh, sometimes Ooh. people. Right, Sometimes you are. <laughs> pe- people have them as pets because they're like so cute and small, and they got big eyes, right? Or am I thinking of a loris?
2: A funny thing oh, when yeah, I typed yeah. mm-hmm. no, when I typed "true" into Google, uh, I always like to look at those like questions people ask. You know, they give you a list. <laughs> the first one is are shrews good or bad <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the shrew and you know you shouldn't say good or bad cuz a lot of a lot of shrews you know maybe is that nature versus nurture some good shrews go bad cuz they but uh, they're, uh, they're most, a product of their their society i think you know, most shrews
0: know. are chaotic neutral
2: <laughs> shrews don't damage plants and they do literal, literal burrowing They live under leaf litter and grass. Uh, They also, they're insectivores feed insects. So they're beneficial in a garden and should not be eliminated unless they become a nuisance. (laughs) Unless, so don't be not, unless they piss you off. (laughs) Unless they make a nuisance of themselves. So there you have it folks. Holly, thanks for getting at us. and uh helping us learn a little bit more about shrews we uh the next time we have that discussion about um getting a pet
0: around here which comes up too frequently uh i'm gonna con- i'm gonna bring up
2: shrews as right. a consideration
0: have you guys considered a shrew do you They're remember
2: horse do you remember in college when manish had a hedgehog <laughs>
0: You know, somebody was talking about that hedgehog recently, and I didn't remember
2: that, but Manish swears it was true. It's it's true. The, the hedgehog's name was Lupe. Well, I mean, that tracks. That
0: all makes <laughs> sense.
2: And he kind of let it roam free in the Salado apartments. He uh, had a lot of fun. A lot of fun in that Salado apartment where he lived.
0: Yeah, that was a, it. Was a good times place. <laughs> Remember, I uh, got those guys uh, MIPs that time. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't like. I it was Jay's. I think it was Jay's nineteenth birthday, and like I insisted on getting a keg, and we got a keg, and we were having a party, and the cops came, and. Um, Jay and Nehat, I believe, ended up with MIPs. Um, get at us on the voicemail line if either of you guys want to set the record straight on that deal. Um, I felt bad about <laughs> it. What is the phone number? The um, I don't know. It's tattooed on my arm here. Let me
2: 512-766-6087 for the One Magical Hour voicemail line. Get at us by all means.
0: So um I'm I'm just taking the show sheet as she comes here. Um let's talk about art.
2: By all means. Now this uh came from this came from executive producer Alex Battles. And he said just just put a just put on the show sheet. Uh, thoughts about art, Caravaggio. And he was pretty sure that Matthew Rampy was going to have plenty to say about Caravaggio. Is you know, that I, actually the case?
0: I, I do love Caravaggio. I mean, when you think of... I think when you think of Caravaggio, the first thing you think of is Caroscuro, right? Yeah, here it is, right in the right in the first few lines. Um, chiaroscuro is like the use of of strong contrasts between light areas and dark areas, and like, I mean, Caravaggio's scenes are lit by this like otherworldly spotlight uh,
2: to great effect. I'm just looking at him now. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely true.
0: You know, when you are um, considering um, making art, you know, when you want to paint something and you, you marvel at some of these old masters who uh, so brilliantly used the medium to like, (laughs) here's the thing in a time before photography, you know, to represent the human form. Really accurately and and really brutally and really honestly was not easy, and Caravaggio uh, was one of those guys who was uh, making that happen. Um, Italian painter, active in Rome for most of his artistic life. It's funny, I uh, um I don't know what Alex was expecting. I I do. (laughs) I I, uh, of the the sort of Renaissance painters, or or I guess um, is he considered Renaissance? Um, Let me see. I guess he's more considered Baroque. Um, There's just the drama
2: of his scenes. They are I'm looking at it they're very dramatic they're, they're, they're very
0: they're so, they're so dramatic and there's always this like single source of light they they're always they're, they're also sort of in like they're in darkly lit places but it's almost like there's nothing behind the the scene sometimes yeah.
2: which gives oh. it also kind of an otherworldly sort of feeling to it they are arrestingly realistic they' are oh yes amazing and, and you know
0: what? the The realism involved here, of course, we marvel at this, but I think that all of these guys were using uh the camera obscura uh, I think they were all using projections interesting um, i I saw a thing on pBS that like that was basically the secret of this like hyper realistic painting style.
2: I mean, some of them that's amazing because some of them, yeah, just like like photographs in there at a time before long before photography was invented. so that's that's pretty cool. I know? mean,
0: not to take away anything about his like understanding of anatomy and 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 how to represent the human form in space, but I do think that for especially the the faces and everything that that uh, the camera scura was you, if it, for those for those listeners who don't know that's a a pinhole camera whereby you can achieve a projection of a scene. Of course, the, there's this is a famous painting of his, uh, the Supper at Emmaus, which is like, a, I mean, it, it, it is a scene from the Lord's Supper. Caravaggio included himself as a figure at the table, I see. Mm-hmm. Um it it, it, it it's so uh it's so wonderfully captures this dramatic moment where like Christ is telling his disciples that uh, he's gonna die. He's gonna be martyred. And like the dis the 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 body language, you know, like in this particular scene, you can see the uh, uh, the disbelief in in those, and in fact, no one is looking at the viewer. Uh, Christ's view is forward, but his eyes are down. You can't see his eyes. And Then you another two other figures are at his side, and you can see their uh, their profiles, and they're looking at him. But you can tell from one man's body language. I think that's the Caravaggio figure. He's throwing his arms out, and then another man whose back is to the viewer is like grabbing the, the arms of his chair and about to rise in disbelief. Uh, and then, of course, there's this crazy light source like in everything. Um, Caravaggio also did amazing still lifes in that particular... There, there's like objects in all of his paintings that are really interesting.
2: Matthew, who was Holofernes? And what did he do to Judith?
0: I you know what? I don't know, man. I saw that as well. <laughs>
2: I'm going to uh, I'm going to put this painting on the uh
0: I think that's I this painting
2: on on the Facebook page it's, it's
0: probably a Greek myth, right?
2: Holofernes
0: uh, oh, was a it's, Syrian. No, it's, it's it's from a it says from the deuteronomic deuterocanonical book of Judith.
2: <laughs> yeah. a Syrian general Judith got him drunk. Approaching to his bed, she took hold of the hair on his head and she beheaded him.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty gruesome in the painting. Like, she's already about halfway into his neck. Yeah, <laughs> it's dramatic. And, and you can see the, like, pained look on his face. And yeah. then some kind of chambermaid in a feeble attempt to stop her. But then she's looking dead at the viewer, all like, yeah, motherfucker fuck me I'll kill you
2: Holofernes is definitely wondering where it all went wrong
0: It's it's pretty gruesome but again
2: <laughs> super dramatic right Yeah super super cool yeah Thanks uh thanks Alex for uh putting us in that direction uh, It would be interesting there... to hear from Alex and see what it, what it was that drew him to Car- Caravaggio
0: There's so many of these like Classic masters, especially these guys in in uh, you know in Belgium and in Italy and and France that were in a, in a time doing these. Again, I was always amazed at the hyper realism that they were able to achieve. But again, I think it was with the aid, with optical aid. Then then it in the same documentary about that topic, I they. No, maybe no. Actually, you know what? Is it? It was a different documentary about Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell, American painter. The Sunday Post, right? That was the cover of the Sunday Post. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he also would set up a scene and take a photograph, and then project that photograph and paint over it. Saturday Evening Post, right? What was I saying? Sunday Post. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think it was right. a Saturday Thank Evening you. Post. Yes, right. We need to get. You're very good at this. One of us is vamping. The other's got to look it up.
2: <laughs>
0: so we so that we don't have to wait a whole episode for the corrections and the apologies. It's definitely
2: Saturday Evening Post that you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. For
0: sure. Speaking of Saturday, um, did you see Saturday Night Live?
2: I did, Recently? my brother and I uh, actually brother and sister-in-law Kathleen and I watched the Elon Musk appearance on Saturday Night Live, very interesting uh,
0: yeah, yeah he's a very interesting guy
2: very uh, very compelling um, he was, you know, he presented himself as you know Somebody who is, you know, not a comedian, not, not an improv comic, but that's all right because nobody's Clearly. done anything funny on Saturday Night Live in ages, anyway. So we <laughs> wait. Wait, I take issue with that. I, f- I take issue with that because I feel like in
0: the last couple of years, the show, especially in the last year, is funnier than it's been in a very, very long time. I think that might be true. Yeah, I think they got a thing going on here. And I, I'm a long time listener, long time listener, first time caller. I'm a long time viewer of that program, um, and it's had its ups and downs. We all know.
2: I think, uh, but I mean, even in this return form, like I still like I maybe laugh once an episode. I
0: I've been laughing a lot lately,
2: and they, uh, and they were they rely a lot on novelty things. You enjoyed the Elon episode. I did, yeah. But there again, I enjoyed it because it was curious, you know, to watch this guy, uh, you know, this wealthy futurist, most you know richest man in the world, and guy who's planning on taking us to Mars, you know, to come do this thing, you know, and he he uh, he declared himself as a as afflicted with Asperger's syndrome. Which you know, which explains a lot. The whole thing was interesting, and you know, I thought he, you know, was pretty cool to watch. You know, this kind of odd guy, you know, be real honest on on Saturday Live. Then there was, you know, but yeah, I guess so. And then I remember what they they did, like the Millennial Hospital. gen z hospital yeah it's funny then so yeah people just saying bro a lot and that no cap no (laughs) cap ye ye, (laughs) besties all right
0: (laughs) i I was already pretty well invested in that uh i've actually been looking up some of those terms lately in a desperate (laughs) attempt to stay relevant uh so I was somewhat hip to it. I like it that the 90s are back so fashion-wise, you know. Uh give us props for that. Um I don't know. L- let me float a theory here with you about Elon. I'm fascinated yeah. by this guy. I think he's sure. brilliant. He's an I think guy. that he yeah. I think that he does have some good intentions if it, 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 I mean some of those I feel like um are you know, exploited to the max to create this empire of a company. Um, and But, I mean, I'm excited about uh, what he wants to do and what he's bringing to the Austin area. But, like, I'm a little afraid that uh, he's going to end up sort of like a, uh, like a Darth Vader figure in the way that, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, he seems like he's on a trajectory to be, like, one of the most powerful and eccentric men in America. And then his mom, you see what his mom came out? Yeah. And Yeah. She looks, she kind of looks like the mom of like an evil empire leader, <laughs> you know? <laughs> She's got that scary South African accent, you know? I don't know. Like, I, I'm i rooting for the guy. Um, obviously, he's coming to our backyard, so... We, you know, we want him to succeed and for, for these endeavors to be the well-intentioned things that they seem to be. Yeah. Uh, but it, but he, but he does have this, obviously he's like, um, in an upper echelon of society where he reminds me of, you know, it could be like Howard Hughes, you know, where he gets to a point where he like, <laughs> not, straight, not only does know. he have Asperger's and he's felt a little like, uh, outsider-ish his whole life. Um, he's good, really separating himself from the rest of society too. That, that may be all part of his plan. It's the, it's the international dream of capitalism, right? To be the captain of industry and rise to the top and take, take us to Mars.
2: What do you think, Matthew? Like, I feel like there's a bunch of generations now who have all watched Saturn that. I, I think everybody kind of romanticizes the era that was about the time that they were in junior high. Uh sure. Right, as yes. but 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 not one you know no no I don't think Th- anyone ever that much better Jane than, Curtin. than any other uh you know in the why why is that show still in the air
0: <laughs> I think it's again a cult of personality and like the personal power of Lauren Michaels and He's Interesting. a part of okay. the same cabal of, you know, uh, he just, he just makes it go. I, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously from the beginning in the s- late seventies, it was very exciting and it was exciting for a long time. And maybe there was like a little dip in form in the mid eighties, but then it came up again when we were in junior high with like John Lovitz and Dana Carvey mm-hmm. and Phil Hartman and John Hunt, yeah. you know, um, uh, Victoria Jackson. Once again, yeah, what I would consider to be my golden age. Well, that, that, that was a golden age. But then maybe in the late 90s, there was a real, there was some doldrums. Yeah. By, by,
2: the Chris by, Catan by the, years.
0: <laughs> by the late 90s, there were some real doldrums. And then there was t- there was a long time that I didn't watch it. And,
2: you know, you know it was like, a lot so of I was those, vaguely aware of it. A lot of those folks, even on the years when I wasn't watching at all, you know, they go on and do funny stuff. Afterwards, you know they are yeah. funny people, but yeah. but life is rarely funny, and yet it'll still just go on. I think personally, it's just because what else are you going to do in that time slot on television? <laughs>
0: like maybe so, maybe it's just a <laughs>
2: uh, a, a relationship of convenience. <laughs> and you know, um, like you can put together, you know, you can put together reels, you know. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, you know, doing the Bassomatic, and you know, of course, tons of Will Ferrell footage. Eddie Murphy, you know, all of all of these gangs. Dennis Miller doing uh, doing the uh, weekend, weekend Update. update and, you know, there is there there has been a lot of comedy over the years.
0: There was that period where the funniest thing was Norm doing the Weekend Update.
2: Norm Macdonald. <laughs> yeah. That was the best part uh, of the show. Mike Myers. Them. But even oh, like Mike you know, Myers. like I think about like one of the when I was in junior high, Mike Myers did the skit Lothar of the Hill People, mm-hmm. and I was like, why was that even funny? I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. It's funny how times <laughs>
0: change. I mean, it, it you know the show does change with the times too. <laughs> I again, I, I want to say I think the, the current iteration, the current cast, I even think something about pandemic made it funnier.
2: I, lo- I love, I don't know. And, and, you know, they say if they have, you know, if they have particularly a president to kind of go up against, that's definitely when they are, you know, kind of at their best, but. Uh, I like it when it's not a
0: political season, quite honestly, like. Yeah. Cause they it, just, when it focuses too much on politics, it's like. They're just impressions and you're like.
2: It was but some, some funny though.
0: I really enjoyed Jim Carrey as Joe Biden.
2: That's what draws. That seems to draw most of the people to the show. That yeah, seems well, to I me, think to think me that, like when it's yeah, most
0: successful. Having Elon on was a big ploy to get viewership. You know, like, I love Kate McKinnon. I can, I can see she's a national treasure. I can see Lauren going, hmm, you know. It would, it would, we would really get a lot of views with Elon. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody call him. Uh,
2: well, yeah, it worked. Those, you know, th-
0: th- those two talking—that must be an awkward conversation. <laughs> I was, I was watching Elon on Joe Rogan, um, just a couple weeks before this. When he puffed the and... blunt? And... No, no. He this was a recent visit. Um, since they're both, you know neighbors in austin and yeah sure uh they were they were drinking um some booze and elon was like he, he there was this one point where he like laughed and it, pff, it was like yeah <laughs> i felt a little evil genius type vibe. <laughs> that was when i was like oh this guy mm, scary but you know i'm obviously a dead man and um
2: so goodbye cruel ro- cruel world <laughs> i've sullied the name of elon let me tell you the world is a weird place, Matthew, and, you know, it's it's not getting any more normal anytime soon, as far as I can tell. Yeah. I'll tell I you that much. That. Well, let's podcast about it. By all means. Are we uh, supporting McConaughey for governor? Um, does the Pope shit in the woods? <laughs> does does no,
0: Matt... Yeah, I mean, McConaughey for Gov. Do bears wear the funny choice? hats?
2: Yeah, uh, this is another one. This is from uh, executive producer Alex Battles. He's really excited about it. Of course, oh man, Alex Matthew McConaughey has a high toxicity, and Alex is very interested in people with high toxicity. So he's a uh, Matthew. Uh, Alex Battles is on board. So.
0: McConaughey's another guy who might have been corrupted by a little too much power at this point in his life, but um I'd vote for him for sure.
2: I mean when you if it was
0: if it was McConaughey versus Greg Abbott, who do you think? I I'm was just gonna for?
2: say compared to the some of the you who's that have been our government governors in the last ten years or so, it couldn't couldn't do worse.
0: We had a good governor one time,
2: Ann Richards. Yeah. Um Yeah, we still uh we still hold on to hers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have a, f- a fond place in my heart for her. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think McConaughey is gonna become our governor. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you heard it here first. I'll. Uh... Oh, speaking of McConaughey, dude, uh, let's let's get an update. Here's a segment. It's um, here's a segment for that ass. It's the legend comes home. Austin FC. Los arboles, los Los verdes, (laughs) listos. Um, Vamos arboles. So we uh, were finishing some site furnishing work there at the stadium with Blue Sky Design and Build. Yeah. And the merch store is open at the stadium, the Verde store, and there is absolutely a steady stream. Of fans of citizens of Austin, Texas, but to and fro buying merch before they've even seen everyone's real excited. The Verdes play, everyone I, uh... is super excited. I, I again kudos to the whole sell the sizzle marketing team that put all this together. They have
2: really whipped the town into a froth. I love it's that amazing. that logo, that druidic logo. I think it's super cool
0: it's looks very like cool man they've done they've done a good job here. with everything everything looks good the green is gorgeous like a, really a, what a great they could have picked so many stupid mascots and
2: themes and, and everything. Me think of like red-headed Irish witches casting earth magic <laughs> yeah tell me more
0: could <laughs> you got a you got a novella about that I don't have time for that you got the telenovela um yeah uh, yeah, it's it's great, man. I'm I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy a shirt, but you know I don't care. I'm just gonna do it, and uh, I'm I'm on board. They 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 won
2: me over. Um, Actually, Matthew, the uh, Rachel Sugar produced Netflix show, Cursed, has a would be a telenovela about Irish witches catching earth magic. It's oh, worth, I it's, thought it's worth checking out. I thought you were gonna
0: say that it was a show about an MLS team that comes to a town and wins (laughs) over a populace (laughs) with great marketing and an, and and an excellent facility. I have been inside this facility. It is intimate.
2: Done some work on the facility, right? It,
0: yes. We, we built some decks. We did some shade structures. We built some beautiful benches in the H-E-B Plaza on the, uh, sort of Northeast side of the building. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope to see everybody there this summer. I don't have tickets yet. I saw where people are selling tickets for the first game for like the reselling their tickets for like 500 plus. Yeah. I'm
2: going
0: to I'm going to wait until the Führer dies yeah, down. Definitely a I'm definitely not going bit. to that. Not to be confused with fuhrer I'm not going to the, the stadium anytime soon. Yeah. Führer um, or Führer. I do I they are playing a uh women's u.s team usa national game there uh before the opening game on june 15th or 16th and then they're also set to do some gold cup games there cool and the gold cup is Concacaf, so that could be men's u.s national team or mexican national team yeah, i i'll probably i will probably try to get inside the stadium on those occasions but uh, but it seems like with the MLS, like later in the season, when it cools down, you know, maybe uh, on a on a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon with the San Jose earthquakes or something. Or, I don't know. what what's a team nobody wants to see? No, I want to go and uh, I obviously my goal in, in going there, besides rooting for Los Verdes is uh, to see an aging European star. You know, run their last few times up and down the pitch, maybe score a goal. That'd be great. I remember when Wayne Rooney was scoring goals for um, who was he playing for? DC United. He was putting in some goals for DC. I thought, man, that'd be cool to just go up here and see Wayne Rooney or or Kaká or David Beckham when he was. Yeah, was... I totally missed my chance. I totally missed my chance to see David Beckham. Like we talked about when he was in the MLS, we talked about going up to Dallas for a game or going to Houston for a game. Yep. That that seems fun to <laughs> me. And, and rooting for Los I, I, I You guys can see how I'm not really completely McConaughey for them just yet. But I am for McConaughey for Gov. Fantastic. Uh, a little pre-promotion before – Poetry Corner Shafee and I have a new goal in life And I don't, I'm don't. i just going to share that I'm going to share that with you guys Because you know y- Y'all are the people that really matter to us The listeners Shaffer and I's shared goal in life Is to bring Esperanto back So On the next episode We're going to talk a little bit about Bringing Esperanto back
2: we uh yeah t- and we can talk a little bit about uh brother Dickie uh our first attempt to bring Esperanto back so uh oh okay yeah hopefully yeah, we oh, hopefully we've laid the groundwork we can continue the uh oh there's a history I'll uh I'll try to remember my Esperanto yeah we've we've we studied it we studied it ex- extensively for those that don't know Esperanto
0: was uh, a widely spoken, constructed international auxiliary language. Uh, it's a, a language that doesn't have any native speakers, but was it was invented to help unite humanity. Really, um, don't
2: don't give too much away, Matthew.
0: Join us next time when we bring where we bring in Esperanto some of that back. Could you? Could you? Uh, read a poem in Esperanto the next time we're here?
2: Oh, we'll see. Oh wow, that's a... Yeah, that, that can definitely be done. Challenge! Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, I would like to read a poem I found. This is from October 21st, 2004. So a, a little ways back. I You're going to
0: read a poem in English?
2: I was, This is a poem in English. I was trying to find... Okay. I wrote a sonnet about my friend, Maureen Thorson. I was trying to find that one. But I couldn't. But I did find apparently this is Mar- Marianne Thorson. I wrote a bunch of poems together, and according to my blog, this is our first ever collaboration. So, October twenty first, two thousand four, by Schaefer Hall and Marianne Thorson. Red velvet sweatsuit. The low brow, low down waitress in a cowboy hat demands orders from demanding customers demanding eggs. Queen of the rodeo, spurling with enamel overlay in the display case. Painted Indian princess, too. "'I'm not responsible,' mutters a man in a bolo tie to his bolo tie. "'You've got me in a bind.' Sail rack swings in the wind. Red velvet, a dollar, a hand, a yard sale selling used sweatsuits slash boots. "'Nothing to see here,' the waitress says, off her shift at last.' Coyotes are howling on the moonlight prairie for more coffee. Ooh, thank you very much, folks. Uh, thanks so much for listening to another hour of One Magical Hour. Give or take a few minutes to an hour. Give or take.
0: I mean, come on. I mean, we can't do an hour every time. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I would like to special shout out. Thanks to our executive producer, Sensei Alex Battles for really putting some thought into the show lately and and a lot of input and really we love that and we love you keep it coming i'm sorry i wasn't responsive on the text thread the other night and i was just like in a coma so yeah you know those kind
2: of things happen sometimes when you when you expect when you text late at night you can't expect a, a, a response you know maybe not always for, one. for sure
0: <laughs>
2: that's how for it goes sure.
0: Hey, we really need some ratings on the yeah, internet. Do, Come on, we do expect rate responses us. from you.
2: One Magical rate Nation. Us
0: on Apple Podcasts. We five expect stars. You to get at us. We expect eight avocados.
2: You to rate the show. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, get back at us at feedback at onemagicalhour.com. Also, uh, give us a call on the voicemail line 512 766 6087. And in the meantime, remember, the poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. What's up?
1: One, two, one, two, three, four. Dear sir, I'm writing about a problem that I got. It's a little southern girl and she's really, really hot. But my apartment is so damn cold. Cause the radiator's busted and the window's broke. Cleveland, so I don't mind the chill. But to an Atlanta Braves fan, it's such a bitter pill. Now if we could go to her place, I guess it would be fine. The only problem is I think her boyfriend would mine Please, Mr. Sandberg, turn up the heat. I can't go another day without my sweet girl from Georgia. I sure hope that she does not roll. If my house is not as warm as her ancestral home She's got pretty red hair and eyes of sparkling blue But she finds it hard to love me with her toes that color too Man to man, there's one more thing that I'll tell you with a wink When it's cold in my apartment, certain things tend to shrink Some sort of thermodynamic catch-22 I can't get heat from her If I can't get heat from you She's been a pretty good girl Yes, yeah, she's never been a brat So please, Mr. Sandberg Won't you crank that thermostat? Please, Mr. Sandberg Turn up the heat I can't go another day Without my sweet girl from Georgia I sure hope that she does not roll Mrs. Sandberg, turn up the heat. I can't go another day without my sweet girl from Georgia. I sure hope that she does not draw. if the house is not as warm as her hand.